messaged my brother asking if he wanted to go to this gig with me. And yeah. It's like a girl singing pop songs. Yeah. So he said, and I quote, I can't quite put into words how much seeing her perform would bore me. I would genuinely rather go to a musical with you than that. So I said, excellent. I'll bear that in mind. Okay. I then messaged my mum and I said, hey mum, do you want to go see Mamma Mia with me and Daniel? Because <laughs> 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 Daniel said, I would genuinely rather go to a musical with you. See, she's dangerous, so, Tom. She's dangerous. We are wow. now three rows back to go and see Mamma Mia oh, on October God. the 10th. Oh my God. And I you sent him a message saying, you'll have a great time. And he went, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have, you've just, you've just won. You've just won childhood. Oh yeah. Yeah, you've officially completed sibling rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to Stiff Upper Lip, the NFL podcast by Briz, with me, Ed Wilkins. Me, Emma Hebron. Me, Sam Wong. And me, Tom Chappell. Excellent. Uh, congratulations are in order as well. Are they? On the strength of his human charisma alone, uh, Tom Chappell will be guest appearing on a podcast. Oh, yes! yes! <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going on the UK Steelers podcast in game week four. Uh, so if you want to, if you want to check those guys out, that game week nice. four. Game week four. Isn't Steelers, that when your Steelers, our, Bengals. That's when your hour foreign correspondent. I'm Has two people's. You? I'm two people's <gasps> foreign correspondent. Been poached. I've been. We better get some like exclusive footage. Don't worry. That they don't get. Yeah, you, you guys are gonna get me shouting Alan Partridge thing. quotes yes. at Chris Boswell making a kick. Yes. Like that's that's just what. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I can be happy for you again, though. Okay, yeah, cool. So I made the um, episode running order again. Yeah. And because I was doing this as the AB situation was progressing, Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff's happened since we last recorded to now. Yeah. So I don't know how how much you wanted to talk about it. Can we... Very little. Can we do just bastard watch and say, I think that everyone knows about what Antonio Brown has done by this point but if you're unfamiliar then look it up because we're not prepared to discuss it yeah it's not the sort of thing that i i you don't want to become a drama youtube no <laughs> and and this is the thing with antonio brown that's happened it's just all it's cascaded to the point of like almost no return like it's just become a 24-hour drama news cycle with the guy yeah. i mean he called he... mike mayock a cracker yeah bill belichick got asked 14 questions at a press conference all 14 were about Antonio Brown. He cut the press conference short. He was that tired of it. Yeah. He's already become a distraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I do I mean, he's distracting some, us. I do, I do take some joy in. Like, I don't think that a person should be rewarded for behaviour like he exhibited. No. So for him to go to the Patriots and basically get what he wanted made me really angry because it felt like an injustice. Yeah. So to see that... I mean, he's been poison to every team he's been a part of. Yeah. To see that he's managing to do that with them does bring me some joy. Well, yeah, because now they've got the entire media circus around the recent allegations. Yeah, that doesn't bring me any joy. No. So most of the time when people come forward, they want to stay like anonymous. And Brittany Taylor didn't. No. Which is fucking brave. Because yeah. people will... 
like find out all of her social media. They'll find out where she lives. They'll send her hate mail. They'll. I saw someone. So I saw someone her. accusing her of the timing being purely because she wants to pay out and stuff. But like, sort of being like, "Oh, I don't know about Antonio Brown." And I was just like, "You do realize that it's hard for a woman to come forward most of the time, anyway, especially when it's a superstar." Oh, of Antonio yeah. Brown's level. Like, she mu- she was probably either not going to do it or wait until he did a lot of fucking up and basically villainize him- himself to yeah, everyone. Yeah. And now he's villainized himself to everyone. She feels like it's an appropriate time to come forward. Like, this is... Well, she feels like people are probably more likely to believe her now. Well, yeah, exactly. If you'd asked, mm-hmm. if she'd come forward, like... Two years ago years when ago. it happened. Yeah, no mm-hmm. way. Bastard watch! <laughs> <laughs> What a bastard. What a cock. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we can move on now. Our work predictions. I did correctly predict that John John Gruden would go the colour of an Iberico ham. Yeah, and I correctly predicted that Jameis Winston would throw three interceptions in the 49ers and do nothing with any of them. That's true. I'm trying to think what would it... Uh, well, one of your, your prediction, Ed, one of yours was that there'd be five ties during this season. We've mm. already had one. We've already had a tie, yeah. So, Shall we do a little bit of a score rundown? Yeah. Do you want to add our final score? Yeah. What was the name of the guy that did it for like 40 years? I don't know. Bloody hell, don't put that in there. Like, that's enough pressure for me. <laughs> just use your just use your very strong RP voice to give us Chicago some. Bears. Okay. I genuinely, I, I watch documentaries about the science behind why he intonated in the way that he did, by the way. There was a specific kind of intonation behind the scores being read out, and it was almost like sort of offering sympathy or, like, providing shock. And it was all, like, just very minor changes in the way that he'd say a score. So the reason why he'd go, like, Sheffield Wednesday 1, Shrewsbury nil would be just, like, something to do with the home team has won and... I am excited for those fans just a little bit. And like, if it was like Manchester City 1, Newcastle 2. Oh, he's he's happy. Yeah, (laughs) he was like shocked. There is a genuine science behind it. I had never figured it out. (laughs) I I can appreciate that. Okay, well, I'm just going to say them. Yeah, that's fine. No, we do need you to do... I'll say them nice. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like such a dick. Bears 3, Packers 10. Thoughts? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was Jen. That's my vocal mm. response to the whole thing. Don't worry, you'll hear another one of those. <laughs> there were like there were good bits, um, but I think that we weren't balanced enough at all. Um, I think that we relied far too heavily on passing, and I mean, Mitch threw like forty-five passes. Yeah, I think that we should be more balanced, and I mean, he himself even said we need to do more of our run game. I'm hoping they'll come more into their own. I was hoping for a bit more from Mitch, like for him to look a bit more like he'd improved. He kind of looked a bit like the same. But then part of that could be to do with like Nagy's play calling. Mm. Um, so I'm just hoping the whole the whole get up improves. Um, although I was very happy with David Montgomery. I thought he played really well. The defence were like just as good as ever. They just picked right up where they left off. Yeah. Um, Next score? Jaguars 26, Chiefs 40. Can I just say that Sammy Watkins looked very impressive here. Sammy Watkins looked like the receiver that he was always sort of meant to. And then 
actually broke big yardage against one of the most regimented defences in the league. I hear what you're saying, but Sammy Watkins has always always had these games where he's gone off and got 150 yards receiving or whatever. I think normal business will be restored next week and he'll get sort of 60. I don't think that they... I mean, obviously, it's the Chiefs' offense. It's explosive. It creates spacings just by having the sort of the spread and the speed of the offense. But I don't think that Sammy Watkins... I don't think that his level of play in that game is sustainable. I'd like to point talk about briefly about Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew the two. God, Gardner Flynn Minshew the second. Threw 23, 23 passes for 25 for two touchdowns. He had an incredible game as a rookie after Nick Foles went off with a broken clavicle. I thought that his play was stellar. Yeah. And for a sixth round pick to come in his first game before the, the hopes of the team, Nick Foles had gone off injured. I think that he had an incredible game. Uh, next is Vikings 28, Falcon... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Forgot the special voice. <laughs> Vikings 28, Falcons 12. What a performance from the boys in purple. Um, Kirk Quite Cousins. awkward sorry. after Julio Jones just signed a three-year contact, contract extension. $64 million guaranteed. And then and immediately then after they struggled against you and were held out for... Like mm-hmm. 28 points at one point. Mm-hmm. Zay Rhodes had him in his pocket the entire game. Um, I was thoroughly, I was mightily impressed by the Vikings on offense and defense. I thought they shone. Kirk Cousins attempted 10 passes, completed eight of them for 98 yards, the lowest in a game since the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, an homage to sort of Mike Zimmer wanting to run the football, and I will happily watch 15 more games of that. Will you happily spend $81 million to? try and avoid using your quarterback as much as possible. I actually did the maths today, and he made, if you take his 30, 30 million pound guaranteed salary for this season, uh, divide it by the game, so one sixteenth of that, and then divide yeah. it by 98 passing yards, he was paid $19,000 per yard. If he carries on like that, he's going to be Mr. Caviar Fingers contender. <laughs> I wouldn't care at all. <laughs> okay, next one. Titans 43, Browns 13. Baker Mayfield looked terrible here. Baker Come Mayfield on, Tom, had, give it to us. Tell he us had really such feel. a terrible game. Like, I'm sorry, I know that he had a bruised wrist or whatever, but the guy couldn't read a coverage to save his life, and the, the Titans defense just ran absolute amok. Derrick Henry had a good game, fair enough, but like, if you're giving up defensive touchdowns to the Tennessee fucking Titans, <laughs> when Marcus Mariota is their quarterback and he's having a better game than you, then you should be nowhere near the top 100. I'm sick of it. Baker Mayfield, get in the bin. <laughs> I'd also like to point out that the um, the Browns uh, committed 18 separate penalties for over 180 yards and conceded both the most penalties and the most penalty yardage since 1951. Their O-line looks so shonky and it looked shonky here again. I mean, that is that is that before or after their left tackle got ejected for kicking a man in the head? Well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's all of it is just it was such a dire performance, and the well, Boo Birds being out in Cleveland again made me so happy. So you know, a uh, NFL Survivor. Yeah. Of people that play NFL Survivor and were on Reddit. Yeah. People got knocked out week one because they overhyped the Browns. Yeah, the Browns are nothing but a fantasy points team. Like, it's very good that they've got Odell Beckham Jr. and David Njoku and Baker Mayfield's, like, this hot-slinging, gun-toting, like, (laughs) Cleveland, whatever. (laughs) He's this, like, man of the Cleveland people. He's the god and all saviour, and then he throws a fucking interception every fucking 12 
attempts at a pass. Stupid man. Okay, next is Jet 16, Bill 17. So this is Adam Gaze, who was the uh, head coach Sorry. of the Dolphins. What is Ad- it? Adam Gaze. <laughs> Adam Gaze. <laughs> Why is it, is it gas? No, it's Gaze. <laughs> Gays. Whatever. <laughs> Adam Gays. I just love it. You've not said a head coach's name right yet. <laughs> no, true. Actually, you you said ne- uh, you said Neggy for like one episode. Yeah, we had, we had yeah. John Gruden. We had John Gruden. <laughs> no, we've had Adam Gays. <laughs> Shut up! It's because I only see them written down. <laughs> it's Mike Tomellon. Bill Belichick. Continue. Anyway, as I was saying, um, he was the head coach of the Dolphins, and now he's the head coach of the Jets. But he didn't he didn't do very well with the Dolphins. Like they lost their season opener to the Steelers, thirty twelve, and then I mean the when he was the offensive coordinator to the Bears, they had the eighteenth offense in total. I think what you what you get with Adam Gase is a sort of a very divisive personality pretty soon there aren't many players on the team that are going to want to play for adam gase he's a sort of um try and win in a year or he'll be out in two type character right and i think that the um i think that the bills defense actually did a number over the jets offense one of the one of the uh, jets scores was a pick six from cj mosley yeah mm-hmm. and the jets had very little very little in terms of their offense other than Le'Veon bell after that well Le'Veon bell scored all their points didn't they mm. really there was also a, a- a bum tumbled kick from Kyrie Vedvik. In fact, there was two actually. Yeah, he missed uh, an extra point and a field goal, and the Jets uh, cut him already. Yep, this miscellaneous kicker that's not very good has now had like more mentions than like any of the good ones. Yep, turns out the way to get have noticed as a kicker is to be bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, Emma. So next up, we have the forever infamous Dolphins ten, Ravens fifty nine. Everything about the Miami Dolphins right now is exactly what we expected it to be, which is just basically playing out for an 0-16 number one pick. And they do have a lot of picks now, but yeah. they also now are about to lose most of their team because yeah, well, they've all decided that they don't want to play for the Miami Dolphins anymore. Well, which I can kind of understand because their future livelihood will be based on their achievements this year. Yeah, so every year matters in a, a very trade. short career. Yeah, if you feel like, I mean, I don't feel like they're tanking on purpose, but I feel like they've sort of sacrificed the present in order to plan for the future. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick and Xavier Howard are basically now stuck in a position that they hate and do not want to be in because the Dolphins don't have any other pieces. They yeah. are a secondary. Yeah. In a team that has no offense and no defense up and around yeah. the secondary. Mm-hmm. They're referring to it as tankapalooza. Yeah. Every game involving the Dolphins will be a tank bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nearly two thirds of their team are new. So you could say that some of it was to do with that. Not not uh forty nine points worth, but no. still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean fans just aren't gonna stick around to support it either. The stadium was half empty. And it'll continue to empty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Ravens, we should give we should give some props to the Ravens. I mean, it's the highest score in their team's history. 
Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the only QB in NFL history to have a game of five touchdowns, 300 plus yards with 15 yards per attempt and three or fewer incompletions. And he's a running back. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Use his go. own quote. <laughs> there you go. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to come out here in support of Ryan Fitzpatrick. With what he had, Ryan Fitzpatrick did the best with what he was given. Which was nothing. He was he given yeah, nothing. True. He didn't sprinkle much Fitz magic, but... But he wasn't really given any. No. I if you that... ask me right now yeah. to, to, to name a Miami Dolphins player who we haven't already mentioned... Kenyon Drake. And that's only because we were we talking about discussion. it earlier. Yeah. I would normally say Kiko Alonso, but even he's been traded to the Saints. Yeah. So no, no one. I mean, it... I mean, it honestly kind of feels a little bit, like, disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the fans. It's disrespectful, disrespectful to, to the, the fans and to the current people in the team. Yeah. To completely focus on future seasons and to sort of decide to sacrifice things that aren't yours. Yeah. On behalf of other people. Mm-hmm. I'd go along with that. Um, next one is Eagles 32, Redskins 27. This was my game of the of the Sunday. This game was very entertaining to watch, starting with the Redskins absolutely pasting Philadelphia in a in a shock move, really. Davis scoring a, a an absolutely incredible touchdown. Like was it a few days after his granddad had died as well? Like such an emotional moment for the guy. And then Deshaun Jackson's triumphant return to Philadelphia with like two amazing touchdowns. Carson went one for over seventy-five yards. It was it was just an absolute cracker of a game. Mm-hmm. It had yeah. everything. Yeah, it had it had a huge huge sort of halftime swing. Redskins were comfortably in front, but yeah. before the half, Case Keenan was marching them up and down the field. Mm. Uh, the Eagles came out a changed team, and it made me feel positive about predicting them for the Super Bowl. Like in the beginning, I was like, oh. Maybe not. Yeah. But if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you need to have some clutch. Yeah. A bit of grit. So, like, yeah. It, if you sail all the way through to the Super Bowl final, you probably won't win. Yeah. So maybe feel good. Uh, next one is Panthers 27, Rams 30. Christian McCaffrey is an amazing human being. That's all I need to say about this game. Christian McCaffrey is an amazing human being. Christian McCaffrey is electric and is potentially my favourite player to watch in the NFL. Yeah. Really? Same. More so than like Thielen or Harrison Smith. It's difficult because I'm surprised that you I, don't have pictures of them by your bed. If I'm honest, I would I would rather watch the Vikings play, and I would, those two are parts of the Vikings. Yeah, but in terms of an individual's ability to do something magical on the field, Christian McCaffrey is sounds a lot. And people talk about Alvin Kamara being good, and like Alvin Kamara is a poor man's Christian McCaffrey right now. Just the the sort of level of dual threat ability that he has to be both a receiver and a runner. Yeah. Well, he took a direct snap on one of his touchdowns, which was sort of like lined up in the wildcat. Cam Newton went running off to the right, and and Christian McCaffrey just faked a handoff to the quarterback, and then took it inside. Like nobody nobody read it at all. Like even his ability to fake out defenders is amazing. Yeah, his ability. That play call was my favorite play call of the week. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I thought it, I thought it was play so. Call of the week. Favorite play call. Yeah, it was great. And also, but I mean, the Rams did deserve to win. But it was, it was a week where the established starters, the established good defenders, didn't turn up. So, for example, I mean, we can talk about this. 
I think Khalil Mack had a very, very good game. Ooh. But the other top tier pass rushers that you talk about, JJ Watt, Aaron Donald, uh, Von Miller, all failed to register a sack or a QB hit. Straight, a strange week. So the next one is was a breath exhale for us because of our NFL Survivor pick. It was Seahawks 21, Bengals 20. It was tense. Yes, and it was a it was a late game as well, so we only knew that we were still in the survival when we woke up. I want to talk about how good the Bengals were. I was surprised John Ross looked like a legitimate wide receiver. Andy Dalton looked like a legitimate quarterback. Do you think that that was more to do with the Seahawks sort of lacking secondary, or do you think that that was just genuinely because there was a play where a second uh, where the safety did just position himself so poorly and John Ross was just there to pick up the scraps and score a touchdown off of it. Yeah, I think as with as with Baltimore and Miami, as good as Baltimore were, Miami were awful. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Carroll, say what you like about him, can build a team. Like, the Seahawks team isn't the same team as it was. It's not the Legion of Boom, everything like that. That defense will be a very, very competent defense going forwards. And the Bengals' defense did not look good. Linebackers aside, the Bengals' defense did not look good. But... The offense, something to smile about in Cincinnati would be the the offense of the Cincinnati Bengals. They were all right. Well, it was the first game since Marvin Lewis basically left after sort of hanging around like a a, a rusty old fart. Um, I thought you were going to use some sort of metaphor then, but no, just an no, just a just a really long lasting fart in a lift, <laughs> and the lift is going down to the basement. But it was like a breath of fresh air because the doors finally opened and someone new walked in and he smelled like roses. <laughs> and that was where my metaphor came in, Edward. Oh, I stand so correct. <laughs> Are you an American sports fan? Are you in the need for new jerseys? Are you based in the UK? Well, we've got the perfect place for you. Try out the one-stop jersey shop at http colon forward slash forward slash www.theonestopjerseyshop.co.uk forward slash. They have all of your jersey needs and no uh, new jersey needs. <laughs> Potentially the New Jersey Red Devils and New Jersey Jets and Giants because neither of them play on New York. is the Melvin Gordon situation uh, because he's still in a contract holdout and so he missed this game. Yep. But awkwardly, uh, his backup, Austin, Austin Eckler, scored three touchdowns. One was 55 yards. He got 154 yards on scrimmage, including 96 yards on six receptions. And him and Justin Jackson combined for 115 yards rushing on 18 carries. Melvin Gordon has only beaten those stats once in his career. <laughs> oh dear. Which isn't doesn't bode well for him getting the pay rise that he is gunning for. No. Because no. they clearly not only do they not need him, the guy that's cheaper than him was better. Yeah. The the thing that I wanna just quickly mention is my play of the week. And it's Malik Hooker making a one-handed catch in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. Like Malik Hooker, the safety who hasn't been particularly great to date so far. Like he's he's a competent safety, but not like the most enthrallingly brilliant and like sort of rugged. Making 
the best catch that you'll have seen all weekend in the end zone to pick off Philip Rivers of all people. That's my favourite play of the week. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. It's a glorious interception. Yeah. I do quite like a good one-handed interception. I mean, Troy Polamalu is my favourite Steelers player for a reason, and it's because he pulled off shit like this. Fair <laughs> <laughs> play. Uh, next, sorry, Sam. Cowboys 35, Giants 17. They did it through the air. Um, that's the first thing you'd have to say about this game. Mm. Uh, Dak Prescott threw for a mad number of yards, over 400, I think. Yeah, he had a. Uh, there were two perfect pass ratings this weekend. One of them was Lamar Jackson, the other one was Dak Prescott. The, the Cowboys need to get him signed quick. Yeah, because yeah. he's going to... We can't let him be, like, old dusty knees for a second year in a row, surely. Well, I mean, he threw 40 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and his passer rating was 158.3. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. So Can't go any higher than 158.3. Yeah, yeah. so what a time to throw out your career best performance when you're amidst a contract stalemate. Yeah. I think that he certainly has more leverage. Yeah. Well, there was the sort of question mark about whether or not it was Zeke or Dak that was more worthy on the offense, and and Dak Prescott putting up a, a perfect pass rating. Sure, it was against the Giants, and people will say the same for Lamar Jackson's stats in in, yeah. in Miami. Like, oh, it's the Dolphins. Oh, it's the da- uh, Oh, it's the Giants. Dak Prescott still managed to achieve a perfect pass rating. It doesn't matter who you're playing against; you still have to make the throws. Yeah, and it it is easier, but yeah. if you can make a perfect passer rating. Even if it is against a team like the Giants, that is a strong indication you'll be able to hold your own against harder teams. Yeah, Precisely, exactly. Yeah. So next up, Buccaneers 17, 49ers 31. This was another contender for one of my games of the weekend. And it was purely because of the fact that this game had everything that you needed in all the wrong ways. <laughs> Jameis Winston throwing three picks. The amount of... Touchdowns ruled out for like holding or various other offensive penalties by the 49ers. It had shonky kicking, just an unbelievable sense of nobody knowing what the fuck's going on, and yet it was really entertaining to watch. It was like a riveting shit show. Yeah, it was genuinely <laughs> like watching everyone fall over at once and then it just being hilarious. Yeah. Did Jameis throw two pick sixes or was it just one? Uh, it was just one. So both quarterbacks throw a pick six in that game. Yeah. Garoppolo did not look good. James looked worse, but Garoppolo did not look good. Was there a fumble in there as well? Oh yeah, there was everything. Yeah. It literally had everything from from an offensive shit show that you could possibly want. (laughs) It it was like watching two teams that didn't really want the ball. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it was like watching. It was like watching like kindergarten football. (laughs) But like the pads are too big for them, so they all sort of try run plays, but then the arm knocks the ball loose and shit like that. So next is our first tie of the season, Cardinals 27, Lions 27, which doesn't quite tell the whole story because the Lions were 24 to 6 up. Yeah. And then they threw it away to get a tie in overtime. Oh boy. So... (laughs) Ed, I can see that there's thoughts brewing and I don't know if you can tell that there's thoughts brewing here as well. (laughs) <laughs> but I want to let you go first. Presumably, you're going to want to talk about the Lions. I am actually going to want to talk about the Lions. So I'll talk about the Cardinals. Okay. Larry Fitz is a god. Um, He pulled it out of his ass. Uh, he had an amazing game. And actually, so did Christian Kirk. The two of them combined for some great receptions. Yeah. And 
as much as the Detroit Lions defense rolled over and allowed them soft coverage later in the game, you have to be there to take your opportunities. And Murray did a good job. I, I thought he was really rattled in the first couple of first couple yeah. of uh, periods. I don't think that he had a good game at all to there, but he did. He rallied round, and I think the team started to believe in him, which is a big deal. Hmm. Like from even though it's just a draw, I think the Cardinals can come out of that feeling as jazzed as where it were where it win. I mean, I think that a lot of people were predicting a Lions win. Which they did have for most, you know, Which, yeah. They, they had it strong, a strong victory in their laps, and they didn't give it away. And for more on that, we go to Thomas. I'm going to talk quickly at first about Danny Amendola's touchdown, because that was, that was a genuinely impressive duke. It caught me off guard. I was like, when when the Lions traded for Danny Amendola, I thought it was just another example of, oh, Matt Patricia's just going to try and use more pieces from the Patriots because every shit team has to take players from the Patriots in an attempt to basically be like a B-Tech Patriots. We're looking at you, Titans. We're looking at the <laughs> Titans. We're looking at the Lions. We're looking at the Jets. Looking All of the these Texans. teams, the Texans, <laughs> we are looking at a load of teams that cannot compete usually and if they get the slightest chance of a window they will try and steal everything from Bill Belichick and hope it sticks the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo all of these teams so Danny Amendola actually delivering an amazing play was somewhat surprising I mean the Dolphins do it as well they got him from the Dolphins but for a team to collapse in that level with such an assured victory is embarrassing and for an NFL team, they should be ashamed of the way that they celebrated Matt Prater earning them a tie. Because to give up the field goal in overtime as well is embarrassing. They almost lost. And then they celebrated the fact that they tied the game as though they'd done something extravagant. You did not. You did everything wrong from the defensive perspective in the second half. And that is genuinely appalling from from Detroit, and if I was a Lions fan, I'd be I'd be embarrassed. But they won't be. It's I'd just like to say it's it feels to me. I did watch the video of Matthew Stafford throw with a separated shoulder today. Yeah, this game felt like a far far cry from that. Yeah, I don't think Matt Matt Stafford's the same quarterback anymore. It just feels like he's playing with a separated shoulder, but somehow worse. Do you want to see next one? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to get do, ready your ointments, Thomas? I am. I am about to rip off some band aids. I am so prepared to rip into <laughs> so many people for this game. Let's take a <laughs> breath. Say the words "dead" to me. Yeah. <laughs> Patriots thirty-three, Steelers three. I think that someone should mention how the Patriots played, like just quickly before I absolutely okay. destroy, because they deserve credit. Oh, the Patriots had a good game. Uh, Brady was his usual efficient Goat self, self. <laughs> uh, throwing for. A bounty of yards, no turnovers on offense, just generally doing all the things that the team should be doing to win. It's difficult to it's difficult to say much positive about the Patriots because everything's been said to death about the Patriots. I mean, their gameplay is so yeah. so sort of fluid and changing. They look just still like they've just got it down to a fine art. However, on the other side, <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> I mean, Tom. When Dante Moncrief dropped, I mean, he dropped several. I'm not even going to start with Dante Moncrief. (laughs) The names that I want to rattle off are Keith Butler and Randy Fickner, because these two people have caused me, Keith Butler especially, has caused me so much grief over the last few 
years and he gets away with it because of the high-end talent that's bailed this team out so many f times we had Lev Bell and Antonio Brown fair enough Big Ben is an amazing player we had the killer bees it means that we were able to get through this Keith Butler is a man who once said that we need to be aware of a man who'd been on the injury report for seven weeks by that point Tyler Eifert was not a threat in the Bengals game last year because he'd been out with a broken leg Randy Feekner, on the other hand, is somewhat new to this. Do you know what he did? He called the same toss play three times in the in consecutive plays because oh well, it worked last year. Let's call it three times. Worked the first time. Jalen Samuels picks up a nice eight yards. The second time, the Patriots got wise to it. The third time, they were <laughs> laughing at it. The next name I want to mention, as you've already pointed yeah. out, Dante Moncrief. As I feel we should dub him Dante Moncrief. He I played mean... with a dislocated finger. Do you know who played him 90% of the snaps, though? Because Dante Moncrief playing with a dislocated finger that he picked up in training camp. He dropped six passes. But do you know who Think... targeted him 10 times and played him 90% of the snaps? Mike Tomlin. Right? All three of these people... On yeah. the coaching side, are all f dead to me in terms of how poor they all called this game. I know on the road in Foxborough, it is an absolute tough game and they've just come off the back of winning a Super Bowl, but for God's sake, don't call a f toss play three times <laughs> in three plays. Don't throw the ball to a man who's dislocated his finger ten times especially, because it's just going to throw him under the bus. Especially there is, when it's a fourth and one. Yeah. On a crossing route. Like, you could have... <sighs> I am genuinely bubbling <laughs> with so much rage. I haven't been able to voice this displeasure. It's not bubbling. It's, it's a torrent. It's, it's crossing over. <laughs> yeah. It's fair to say. It's, it's a volcano. I haven't been able to shout this <laughs> I've been able to express it on text, like, once. Okay. And, like, in brief to someone that doesn't care. <laughs> However, being able to actually express this because James Washington played, I believe, 56% of our snaps and had two targets. James Washington is perfectly healthy and is set for a breakout year. Dante Moncrief got 10 targets. We called 10 players that put him as the target and he dropped it six times because, fair enough, the Patriots' coverage was great and stopped Juju Smith-Schuster from being effective. Juju yeah. still racked up more yards, by the way, well, than like some of the elite receivers. And it's like, they might have won anyway, but they wouldn't have won by 30 points. No. And also, I, there's one final thing before okay. before I'll, I'll move us on. Oh, dear. It again points out our offensive calls and Mike Tomlin. At what point did we become so f***ing boring... That on the f***ing goal line, we're calling a field goal. Oh. 20 <laughs> points down. Watching the game. Watching the game. So painful. I thought, when I saw them go for a uh, go for a field goal on the one yard. It was line. a 20-yard field goal. If that. <laughs> I was surprised that Tom wasn't marching down to, down to Pittsburgh as we spoke. <laughs> I, gen I genuinely, I was sat there. And, like, the, the drive stalled out. We were 20 points down, and I was sat there on my phone, and, like, I heard the kicking team is coming out, and I immediately went, are you f***ing serious? <laughs> like, I, I vocally just went, what the f***? <laughs> I have never... Oh, I don't even... Tom needs a minute. They need a f***ing 
bounce-back game in Heinz Field yeah. against Seattle. Which hopefully they'll get, yeah. because Seattle have not looked strong. It's not even but the case it's... that I want them to win at this point. I just want them to f***ing show up and look like they give a sh- Yeah. And also, if Keith Butler could be fired immediately, I mean, that'd be nice. So he's not he's not one of the bees. No. No. Keith Butler has <laughs> never been a bee. Except he he's just stings Pittsburgh on a regular f***ing basis with his incompetence and I hope that he f***s off immediately. <laughs> Go to the dolphins, you useless sack of s***. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's just take a moment to breathe. We can No, we can move on. I'm now fer- I'm perfectly okay. fine. Well, yeah, that's, actually, that now, that, yeah. now that we have... We've discussed sort of the major disappointments, I would say, were the Bears, Browns and Steelers. Yeah. The teams that, not just us, but generally fans thought would do better and didn't. Yeah. Do you think they'll get better? Like, how how much do you think we can trust? Because it's only week one. How much do you think we can trust what we've seen? Um, I think that the Bears will get better. I think that the Steelers, when they get a grip, uh, will improve massively but it's kind of hard to not improve massively on what the fuck that was <laughs> yeah. um fair play and the browns I, know, I think we'll see the dolphins uh, <laughs> the the dolphins aren't going to improve massively no. the I, fact that we scored less points than the dolphins upsets me as well well until, un, until garbage time you'd scored more points than another team who were rumored to do well the falcons yeah being fans of team your u2's teams and sam's must have been challenging this week yeah i mean i think for me it was more frustrating because i know we can do better that's the thing i feel like if i was like a fan of the dolphins i'd have been like actively anticipating we were going to be shit yeah but because i i've seen the improvements we've made like you must feel the same way you're like oh we've made all these improvements we were that good last year let's like build on it and then it's just kind of like cold soup there was so much hope yeah going into foxborough i genuinely for the first time since getting into the NFL, I genuinely believed that we could win in Foxborough. And yeah. what I got was a flaming bag of garbage <laughs> delivered yeah. personally by the hands of Randy Fickner's and Mike just Tomlin. sweaty fucking sausage fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saints 30. Yeah. <laughs> Texans 28. Thank you. This one, as much as it pains me to say it, yeah. This one could have been the game of the week. Yeah. This was a huge huge win for the saints but it it felt like the entire game up to up to the last few minutes was great and then basically from two minutes off the end of the entire game it became the game of the week yeah tooth and nail deshaun watson is a player who i'm going to compliment until i'm red in the face but he had an incredible game i've said it before he reminds me of michael vick in his ability to be both an athlete and a passer yeah i'm glad that they did bring in someone to help him because it 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 helped and i'm obviously talking about kenny stills here because larry tunsell wasn't very good (laughs) (laughs) great subversion of the form yeah exactly Um, but did you hear though that deshaun watson's been he was injured in that game no yeah so you know he like flew into the end zone for the touchdown Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah he's hurt his back has it really he's being evaluated for back injury but then they're saying like that problems where you know like we were saying that in response to andrew luck teams were going to try and protect their players more the houston's issues with that might have already caused some damage to their season yeah potentially i mean losing deshaun watson having the replacement be aj mccarran oh yeah 
Yeah. As for the Saints, um, Drew Brees started to slow down. They didn't actually get a play over 40 yards in, in the game until a completion of Ted Ginn. So yeah. it is Drew Brees slowing or is Sean Payton just trying to extend Drew Brees' career a little bit more by not having him throw Hollywood passes? Potentially. Um, I think that visibly you could see that Drew Brees had aged over the end of last season. I think that Peyton is doing everything he can to protect Brees. Um, still a very, very remarkably good quarterback within his range, but it's that they now have to alter the play calling to suit his range. Um, fucking Sean Payton. <laughs> I hate the Saints. I hate him so much. It pains me when they win. It pains me. <laughs> So, but it was a good game. It was a very, very good game. Uh, last game, Raiders twenty four, Broncos sixteen. Vic Fangio, is the man responsible for the Bears, the defense. Bears defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. how? Do you know how you made the point about how Vic Fangio leaving would result in the Bears defense getting worse, and yeah, Vic Fangio being that? able to like spread his bountiful knowledge to Denver. Denver didn't actually manage a single quarterback pressure against Derek Carr. They did nothing on defence. And the Bears carried on where they left off. Do you reckon that this is the case now that the Bears are just coaching themselves? (laughs) And the Broncos are just sort of like now (laughs) stuck with a man who just took the credit? Well, the Broncos looked like sort of 11 orange statues as the Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. Walked through them. I mean, John Gruden had a great game plan. Get the ball out of Derek Carr's hands early. Like, utilise the short passing game. It worked to perfection. Yeah. Um, Josh Jacobs had a really, really good debut as well. Yeah. yeah, The the short passing game, one of the things it takes away is opportunities to hit the quarterback. It neutralises the pass rush. So in that sense, it was an incredible game plan from John Gruden. But there wasn't even the whiff of a pass rush. No. Like, because there there was no coverage. So if you're allowing these short passes, then what your secondary needs to do is not allow the short passes so the pass rush can hit home. Yeah. Like, the Denver were not playing complimentary football at any point during that game. Now, it it was just a bit lacklustre from, from Denver's defence, and, and obviously it's not the case that, like, the Bears obviously have Khalil Mack, and fair enough, but yeah. Yeah, the you... Broncos have pieces themselves. Like, they have Von Miller, who is a, an almost surefire Hall of Fame candidate by now. They have Miller Lite, Bradley Chubb. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Ed, you did say that the Chicago Bears defense would worsen and sort of basically that it was Fangio or bust and that he was sort of holding it together. Can you now recount that? Not quite. And the reason I'm not going to quite recount it is that the Bears defense didn't force a single turnover in that game. Turnover differential, like that's what wins the game. Like a strong defense is great. But like in their game, the Vikings recovered the ball three times. They recovered the ball three times and two of them were on the 21 and on the 41. At that point, you have positive field possession and you have momentum. Like, turnovers are what change the course of games. I mean, the Lions had a better turnover differential and they threw away their game. If anyone, <laughs> if any team can be set up to succeed and still throw it away, that's the Detroit Lions, Sam. Oh, Tom. Sam? Sorry, Sam. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> fuck me, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> uh, We're including fuck me, I'm having a stroke, by the way. We're going to so... cut everything else out. <laughs> The Chicago Bears defense was definitely a top five defense this week. Definitely. Do you know who else was? The New York Jets. The Jets defense was very much fantastic up until the fourth quarter. But that's mm-hmm. because of the fact that Adam Gase sort of forgot that he was playing a, a football game by that point. I think that he'd counted the points in his head 
And then the Bills were just like, no, we're not out of it yet. And then just ran. Hellmary Hits is a non-profit organisation on Facebook that is helping to further the culture of American football in the UK by contacting councils to get the sport into schools and by helping donate money to current teams so they can buy equipment and kits and anything that they might need. If you go onto their Facebook group, you can buy raffle tickets for £10 to win autographed jerseys and helmets. And for a limited time only, any time you enter a raffle, you will be automatically entered to a raffle to win tickets to any of the NFL UK games. So, yeah, What's next on the running order, Emma? Well, what do you think to next week's games? I suppose it's the next obvious question. So, we've obviously covered Steelers Seahawks. We've got Giants Bills. What do you think's going to happen? Let's just not. Can we can we not mention Giants Bills? I think <laughs> that one will kill anyone's anticipation for the for okay. the NFL, including Sam. I'll just, uh, I'm just going to throw one thing, one fact out about there about that game. It's um, the Bills' second away game back to back at the Meadowlands, which is quite an interesting start. It's also because both of them are at home as well this weekend. Jets and Giants. Are they? I didn't yeah. know that. The Jets are at home against the Browns. Oh, of course. In what I'm locking down as my game of the weekend pick. <laughs> I want I want this. I want Jets Browns and I want it to be I want it to be as exciting and as meaningful as it possibly could be. Do you want it to be an absolute slobber knocker? I want it to be a full on slobber knocker. Oh, that sounds so disgusting. Let's not ever use that phrase again, please. Let's no, I, use I, that phrase. No, what? because it just makes me think of like a salivated upon tit and that's not really what I want to be thinking no, in, about no 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 as in they're knocking the slobber from each other's mouths not yeah like a slobber knocker that's, that's not, not like what it sounds this like this is a genuine it, slobber knocker it sounds like someone is dribbled on a boob and I don't like the phrase <laughs> Sort of As the only woman in the room. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, thank you for joining me finally where I am. <laughs> uh, oh. So, I mean, interesting matchups. So I'm interested to see Packers-Vikings. I'm so glad you said it so I didn't have to. I'm interested to see what happens to you. Yeah, as a fan, I am fucking excited. Um, I'm really hoping that we beat the Broncos. I think it's the Fangio Bowl. Yeah, the Fangio Bowl, mm. where we get to see whether or not it's Vic Fangio or Khalil Mack that's actually been coaching the defence <laughs> this entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about Ram Saints? A, a repeat of the um, yeah. the infamous PI game. Exactly. I The sole reason why we have a great rule change in my mind. Challengeable PI is superb for the sole reason that it's another thing that Mike Tomlin can challenge wrong. That doesn't sound like a good thing. No. No, it doesn't. It's your team, Tom. No, I'm well aware. (laughs) At this point, it's almost like you want want the Steelers to fail so that he'll leave. (laughs) I want Mike Tomlin to get his head out of his arse and actually realise that challenging plays that are sort of okay, or sort of going against you, that you just don't like, isn't a viable way of dealing with the fucking game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fair there is there's something to be said for tom there he's yeah. kind of right yeah i'm very right i've had to deal with this sorry i'm not going to mention the steelers again <laughs> for the rest of this episode um, another game that i'm interested to see looking at how week one went for them uh for both of these teams dolphins patriots 
it looks like the top versus the bottom. This is going to be a 78-point differential. Honestly, I would put money on them getting 60. Yeah. Is it is it at Foxborough or is it in uh, the Hard Rock? It's at Hard Rock. It's at Hard Rock, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, we've, we've seen it so that sometimes old traditions die hard, but... The... Are, you, are you seriously suggesting that there's even a, there's even a <laughs> chance here? Well, Tom Brady, since 2013, has lost more games at Hard Rock than he has at Foxborough. I'm not joking. For some reason, the Patriots buckle. The Patriots the get one guaranteed win out of the Dolphins, yeah. and it's in Foxborough. They get one know. guaranteed loss every year, and yeah. it's in Hard Rock. I'd, I love it yeah. if the Dolphins manage to... T- so I don't think they'll be able to turn it around. What if Fitz magic ex- happens? Ex- oh, no. <laughs> what if Fitz... I'm back in. Yeah, <laughs> he's back in now. <laughs> Fitz magic throwing like 500 plus yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, I was arguing with Tom for the duration of our journey home that um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is my favourite NFL quarterback to watch because mm. you literally don't know what's going to happen. He looks like he's made of fucking breadsticks as well. <laughs> thing, like, compared to like... A ginger breadstick, man. <laughs> oh, just he looks so small out there. Like I don't know whether you've noticed that about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He just looks small. He does look quite small, but yeah, I'm back in, <laughs> and I'm back in Miami. Really? Yeah. Do you want me to pick who I'm back in for for the Jets Browns game since I've locked locked that one? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna back the Jets. You're gonna go Trev Simeon. I'm gonna go Trev Simeon over over Baker Mayfield. I think the defense will just cruise. If that is true, yeah. you have complete permission to shit on Baker Mayfield for the rest of yeah. time. Alright, yeah, sound. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking that. Trevor the primate simian. In what could potentially be the wild card decider in week seventeen. Yeah, Trev Simeon, a player who we traded to the Jets and then I forgot about until Sam Donald was injured and Tom said, Oh, <laughs> the Jets yeah. are playing Trevor Simeon. And I was like, oh, he's a thing. He look, Have you seen a picture of his face? He looks like someone drew his face on a magic marker. He looks like he's just spent the last like th- yeah. few hours sniffing magic markers. <laughs> Can you imagine Trev Simeon like, sat on Joe Flacco's knee <laughs> as like, some sort of like, ventriloquist dummy? <laughs> 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 and, like... I think the thing that immortalises his face, right, is that he tweeted... <laughs> so he, had, like, he was given a jacket that dispensed Skittles... By Skittles. Right. right. So he, he tweeted, push button, Skittles dispense. It's that easy. Excited to give these to my teammates. And someone just replied, keep having fun, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> That's superb. Oh my God. Oh my God. Let's move on. How about we do a very, very quick run through, win, lose, or draw? Okay. Okay. Panthers, Bucks. Panthers win. Panthers win. We we need you as well, Emma. Oh, yeah, no, I think they'll win. Uh, Texans, Jags. I'm going Houston. I'm going Jags win. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to go Texans. Steelers, Seahawks. <sighs> Steelers. I'm going to go Steelers, Tom. I genuinely do think they'll butt their ideas up. I hope they book their ideas up, so yeah, I'm going to go Steelers as well. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger actually has a record since uh, since losing 20 points. Like, in the in the Ben Roethlisberger era, mm-hmm. the record for the Steelers after they've lost a game by 20-plus points is 8-1. and one. Rams Saints. 
I'm gonna go Rams. I'm gonna go Rams. I'm saying Saints. Okay. Ravens Cardinals. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Which bird is the better bird? It's one of two bird bird balls. This yeah. Week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna say the Ravens in this one. Ravens. I think me too. Uh, Bengals 49ers. I'm saying Bengals. The 49ers still look like hot garbage, and the Bengals yeah. look like a breath of fresh air last yeah, week. I, think I have to agree with you. Draw. You're going for a tie. Okay. Yeah, I'm shooting for a tie. Okay. okay. You can you can experience one of these every week. Well, then you'll <laughs> prove yourself wrong because you said five ties. Mm-hmm. I said five plus. He did say five plus. Okay. Uh, Giants Bills. <laughs> Broncos, Bears. I'm backing myself. Bears. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> Lions, Chargers. 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 Ditto. Uh, Redskins, Cowboys. Cowboys. Redskins. Yeah, see, I want to say Redskins. Adrian Peterson is returning to the starting lineup. Uh, Dolphins, Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Ed. Go on, Edward. Um, I'm going to go Dolphins. I'm going Dolphins. Fuck's yes! sake. Don't make me be the sensible one and pick Patriots. <laughs> Patriots by 60 points. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was a fucking, like, dying bird. It was my dolphin pride. Second bird bowl, Falcons-Eagles. Eagles. Falcons. Falcons Dude, the Falcons. No, actually, no, Eagles. Eagles. I'm going to go Eagles, but I don't think the Falcons look shit. They legitimately looked as bad as any team did in the first week. We can't base week one. Maybe they just had an absolute shit yourself time. Because Matt Ryan is is still a... I love Matt Ryan. I love him to pieces. An elite quarterback, so like... I'm going Eagles. Not uh, to say that I'm going to differentiate from yeah. for Eagles, but... Titans, Colts. <sighs> I'm saying Titans. Yeah, I'm going to go Tennessee as well. Mostly because... I thought that that would make me different and cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a sexy pick to pick the Titans, is it? No, no. it's not. It never is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Packers, Vikings. 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 Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. This yeah. is not for my benefit, right? No. The Vikings look like an actual competent team. The Packers had one drive of Aaron Rodgers' bullshit and, like, yeah. faced a very fucking shonky Mitch Trubisky. Hmm. Raiders, Chiefs. 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 Oh, we're on upset watch here. Oh, actually, we might be, actually, because... Divisional rivals in Oakland. I'm saying Chiefs. I'd probably still say the Chiefs, but I think this will be a lot closer game than people will anticipate. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Jets-Browns. I'm locking in Jets. Yeah. Browns. I'm going to say Browns because they, the Jets don't have Sam Darnold, which brings us nicely into. Oh, who, who's that, Tom? When you do that, you need to go to the doctor. We'll see you now. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> since when did that since happen? When, sorry, since when I did never this agreed podcast, to this. Since when did this podcast become a mediocre porn? <laughs> I'm not being like the woman that just speaks sweetly. Ed, why don't you say it? I'll do it. Okay. Doctor, I'll see you now. Good evening, everyone. 
Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> what? You sound like a bad guy in a children's show. Do you want me to change the voice? Do you want me to change the voice? No, I can. I can. I can. Make him lower. Good evening, everyone. Lower. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Boris Boswell. (laughs) Sorry, what? The best part about this. Do you just have a stroke partway through your own name there, Doctor? I want to start with Mrs. Sam Darnold, who has unfortunately come down with a case of mono and will be missing the Jets Browns game. Mostly because he's contracted a very fucking contagious illness. Well, it's a kissing disease, Mono. I also wish to point out that CJ Merrisley has a rather nasty groin injury and would be questionable to play, but could feature. As well as Quinnen Williams, whose ankle appeared to uh, buckle. He, he came out of the game against the Bills, but again, will only be questionable. Uh, I also want to then move over to the Jacksonville versus uh, Chiefs game. <laughs> Where... Jacksonville versus Chiefs. Yes. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Doctor. Both thinking and putting on this voice is causing a bit of issue. <laughs> that is why I created the script. So Tidy Kill was well given a rather rare and unfortunate injury, where he uh, had a sternoclavicular joint injury, potentially more than four weeks out. Um, but there's no real time scale because it's it's rather rare in this league to uh, to have such a such an effect. And he was rushed to hospital, so I would wish him the best. But he's a absolute scumbag. <laughs> As for Nicholas Foles, he uh, fractured his left clavicle in a touchdown throw, rather impressive throw. But then was obviously taken out of the game and has been placed on the injury report, which means that he will be out for a minimum of eight weeks. Ooh, do you? Do you think that the Jags have a good enough... Because eight weeks is like half a season. Well, obviously... Do you think they have a good enough backup to prevent that from being destructive? I think that having looked at Gardner Minshew II, um, that his uh, structure, and given him his medical, of course... Yes, yes, uh, being a doctor. I I understand that the man should hopefully be able to play most of the snaps. But they did bring in somebody else who has no eyebrows or hair. So that will streamline him in, in <laughs> his his aerodynamics his aerodynamics will be superb. Okay. Um I would then also like to move over to the uh, Redskins and Eagles game where uh, there were there were quite a few injuries to speak of mm-hmm. including Malik Jackson the defensive tackle from the Philadelphia Eagles who has a Liz Franck Injury and he's going to miss the rest of the season. So, what's it? Who's Liz Frank and why is it is she a foot? It him? is a foot injury okay. and it is a Liz Frank injury. Um, and he will actually miss the rest of the season, unfortunately. So, I do oh. hope that he gets better. Yes. Um, I've recommended him plenty of rest. Uh, <laughs> on the Redskins side of the ball, uh, Jonathan Allen uh, will be out for at least two weeks, but not particularly much more with a knee injury. And Caleb Brantley will be out with a walk uh, with an ankle injury. He was wearing a walking boot on Monday. What about Jordan Reed? Um, Jordan Reed, I don't have on here, so I'm going to presume <laughs> that he is okay. Uh, he's going to return. Oh, in the Patriots and Steelers game, there was quite a lot to report as as a on the Patriots side of the ball. First, Marcus Cannon uh, injured his shoulder. He's currently in a sling and has been practicing in limited regard, but it shouldn't keep him out for particularly long. So hopefully he makes a return to 
the Patriots O-line. Mm-hmm. And on the Steelers' side of the ball, as well as taking a real pasting to their behinds, they also took quite a few injuries on the on the play. Roosevelt Nix, the fullback, is out with a knee injury for at least two weeks. Um, TJ Watt left the game with a hip injury in the fourth quarter, but may start week two. He's currently only on limited practice. As is Juju Smith-Schuster, who injured his toe... It was analysed in Foxborough by one of my assistants, uh, but fortunately for him, he was only limping off the field. He appears to be okay, just under a bit of limited practice. I would hope it's nothing more than just one of his secondary toes. An auxiliary toe. The big toe would probably (laughs) cause him too much of a grief. But then the little toe, although small, does have a great deal to do with balance. Exactly. But I would hope that it's... a central toe. I would hope it would probably be his middle toe. Okay. Not one of the core three. No. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Doctor. <laughs> some good news. <laughs> I was going to give you some good news, but now you can shove that right up your ass sideways, although I wouldn't recommend it. So instead, I'm going to discuss Quincy Anunua, who will miss the rest of the season with a neck injury, unfortunately, for him. Um... Darius Geis injured his meniscus, also known as the the knee area. Could be up to four weeks, but there's no definite timescale for his return. And uh, a final two pieces of news. Devin Funches broke his collarbone and has been placed on the injury report. And Chris Lundstrom of the Atlanta Falcons offensive line is set to return sometime in November after breaking his foot. So he's been placed on the injured reserve as well. And that is... All the time that I have time for. All the time that you have time for. Shut up. (laughs) Hello, it's me, Tom. Uh, You're wondering why I sound a bit different. Uh, It's because my accent's a northern stereotype. Uh, (laughs) Bye then. We're using that one. <laughs> At least once we're using it. Shit. I know. Shit. Goal. <laughs> Striker. <laughs> I'll impart it. If at any point I can import that soundbite of me going, Striker. <laughs> I will do it every time. I, I sincerely want... Every time that we talk about a field goal attempt being made, if I shout, eat that! And another! <laughs> Shit! Goal! <laughs> he must have a foot like a traction engine! Like a traction engine. <laughs> My favourite of is, all time. This though. is what I hope for you, being our foreign correspondent. I am, to- I am genuinely... If Chris Boswell is about to attempt a field goal and he kicks it through, yeah. I am actually going to get a recording of me going, Striker! <laughs> because it will genuinely be the best thing that I will ever do. My favourite ever commentary of anything of all time was an old cricket commentary, and I can't remember. It's it's this incredibly posh cricket commentator. Someone guy hits a six and he hits it so hard it like goes out the thingy or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. this commentator just very dryly goes, They'll be picking that one out of the sweet shop window tomorrow.